0: Hey, video game fans! I'm Ben Bertoli, and this is Memory Card. Hey, push! Say something again. I, I think you might have your animal filter on. Check, check the little leaf button there in the corner and click it.
1: C- can you hear me now?
0: Yeah. Why'd you have your animal filter on?
1: I was, I was having a conversation with some of the local tanukis. You know, I just really want to know where I could purchase a froggy chair.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense.
1: So, um, are we going to boot up this episode or what? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do it.
0: So today's episode is going to be all about the wonderful history of Animal Crossing. Does it have animals? I mean, technically, they're in the game.
1: Do they double cross each other?
0: <laughs> no, obviously, Animal Crossing is a game about uh, animals playing basketball, like streetball, you know? Oh,
1: okay. Like crossing
0: okay. and then dunking on each other. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I, really, I really want to play that game now <laughs> that I just made that up. <laughs> Yeah, the new Animal Crossing game is coming out soon. Chances are, if you're listening to this, it has already come out, and you live in a better world than we do right now. Yep. In which we are just waiting with bated breath for New Horizons to hit the Switch. Are you planning on getting it, Push?
1: Uh, I am, actually, but um, I am also moving at the same time, so I'm not sure (laughs) if I'll be playing it on launch day because I have a lot of things to do.
0: It's kind of like one of those, like, art imitates life thing, right? Yeah. You're moving in Animal Crossing. That's kind of the whole thing, As you move to a new place. Did you play the original Animal Crossing when it came out on GameCube here in North America? Yes, I did. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But I feel like it's important to mention that the GameCube version that came out, like I said, in North America, was not the original <gasps> Animal Crossing. I know, right? I'm sure you have no idea about this. I have
1: no idea about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The original game actually came out in April of 2001, and it came out for the Nintendo 64, and it was called Dobutsu no Mori. Am I saying that right? Close enough?
1: Dobutsu no Mori.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) Which isn't Animal Crossing, but actually Animal Forest, which is what the series is known as in Japan. It actually started out as a game in development for the Nintendo 64 disc drive, which uh, we actually did an episode about that for season one, but there was mm-hmm. so many issues with it that we scrapped it. It's like our secret lost episode. <gasps> so do you want to give just like a quick background on what the Nintendo 64 disc drive is? So
1: when the N64 was coming out, Nintendo had planned to create this add-on for the 64, which would have gone underneath it, and it would have allowed... um Zip disk to be inserted into this drive, which would allow the N sixty four to both read and write content. And they felt like that would have been the way to make the N sixty four a little bit more powerful and also compete with the PlayStation. Because the PlayStation, they had really cheap discs; like it was really easy to manufacture discs. And for the N sixty four, it's very expensive to manufacture um uh carts. So they were like, well, zip discs are a little bit cheaper, and even though they, they hold, a, I think, a little bit less data than um, the N64 cart, they can still expand upon that cart. So, it was, in some cases, it would be cheaper for like developers to just release an add on or a sequel with a zip disc. Right. So, Nintendo thought about releasing the N64 DD in order to compete with the PlayStation a little bit more, but. It was such a failure that <laughs> it just never got anywhere. They they planned it to release it in the U.S., but it never got past the testing phase. I
0: feel like I saw maybe a mention of it in Nintendo Power at some point. Like, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry. And I'm like, oh, boy, I can't wait to buy that. And then <laughs> it just disappeared. It, it really flopped hard in Japan, right?
1: Yeah, it, it just did. I think like Nintendo even lost confidence before they even put it to market. Mm. Kind of like the Virtual Boy.
0: Oh, right. So, one of the things that the disk drive had that the nintendo sixty four did not have was an internal clock that players could set. yep, this was kind of the inspiration for Animal Crossing because the whole point of the game was that it was kind of in real time. You turn it on at nine p m and it's nine p m in the game and it's dark, and you know people are going to bed and things like that. yep, but because the disk drive, like you said, was such a flop, they were like, <laughs> "Okay, I guess we're not going to make this game for the disk drive, but we still want to have that real time feel so they decided to put their own clock in the actual cartridge of the game which is absolutely wild like no other game as far as i know did that at least on the n64 and that's kind of how they moved forward in animal forest the original for the n64 was the last first party game to release for the nintendo 64. it was very late in the game 2001. Yeah, if you've never played Animal Crossing, because sometimes I feel like we talk about series and we never actually get into what they are, because we assume that everyone knows what they are. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's a life sim where you walk around and you have cute animal neighbors and you fish and catch bugs and furnish your house.
1: You live your best life.
0: Yes. Better than your real life, because, you know, you don't have to worry about eating or... Furries. (laughs) 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 No, that's like all the game is. Oh no, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You must embrace the furry life if you want to play Animal Crossing. (laughs) So the game was like enough of a hit. I don't think it was like some big runaway, you know, Pokemon type of hit, but it was enough of one that Nintendo was like, okay, we need to port this to the GameCube pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, And they did it within less than a year, like the original Animal Crossing for Nintendo 64 and the GameCube version, which was called Animal Forest Plus, actually uh, launched only like eight months apart which is kind of crazy yeah and the original animal crossing didn't have a lot of the locations and like residents that people know like the the animals that show up in every single game like bob Like like bob i'm not sure if bob was in there bob or the not. cat oh yeah no, no i i know who bob is <laughs> okay, okay i'm just saying i'm not sure if he was in the first game or not
1: <laughs> I was, i thought you were you thought that was making up a name <laughs> no
0: i know who bob is no, but the Able Sisters, who, like, help you with uh, your clothing and such, they weren't in the original game. Yeah. Uh, Kappen, who's the, the lovely sailor who sails you out to the island, he wasn't in the original game. Neither was Blathers, who's the the curator of the museum. So they all made their first appearance in the GameCube version. Mm. So you said you did play the, fir- the, the original game when it came to America?
1: Yeah, I played the uh, GameCube version.
0: Yeah, me too. When I bought it, I... I don't know why, but after reading about it in Nintendo Power, I guess I kind of like hyped it up in my mind as being some kind of like an adventure game almost. <laughs> uh. And when I got it and played it and it was kind of like so slow and so chill, I was <laughs> legitimately angry that I just wasted $60 on this game.
1: Oh, for for me, I was like, you know, it's a game that you can play like any time of the day and like right play forever so it was like such a good value kind of thing
0: (laughs) well see and what happened was you know being however old i was at the time which was pretty young uh, probably at the end of middle school i was like well i spent 60 dollars on this like i'm not just gonna Mm -hmm. stop playing it after an hour so i would get up every morning and i started playing it and like catching fish and winning like bug competitions and you know talking to my neighbors more and then it like really clicked and I was like, oh man, this game's amazing. <laughs> so I pulled a 180 on that one. And I, I think I even started to talk my friends into getting it who had GameCubes because they also, oh. they thought that it was kind of like, like baby game. Mm. Like what? Like all these cute animals. Yeah. Like, who wants to play that?
1: Yeah, you can't yeah. shoot them.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. No Cabela's, you know. <laughs> Do you have any fond memories of the original Animal Crossing?
1: Uh, I just really dig the Viking hat style. Oh yeah. For the villager. <laughs> like, I wish they kept that. <laughs> I I understand why they got they got rid of it, but
0: yeah. My wife and I recently went back because she's never played the original Animal Crossing and she was like, What's wrong with his head? I'm like, I think that's his hair. I'm pretty sure it's his hair. <laughs> or it's a hat, maybe. I always thought it was a hat. Is it? See, I don't know. All right. Well the here here's the conspiracy theories. Or we're gonna get blasted on Twitter for not knowing <laughs> which one it is. Yeah. So the original Animal Force did have one of the most interesting items within the Animal Crossing series, which was the playable Famicom systems, like a playable NES systems. And there was yeah. like Clue Clue Land and Balloon Fight, and Donkey Kong Jr., Pinball and Tennis. And these were not demos. Mm-hmm. These were like full classic Nintendo games that you could play in the game. And the Animal Crossing Plus added two more games. Mahjong being one of them, and then one that I probably can't pronounce, which is Gomuko Narabe? Goruko I don't know what it is. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you could pronounce it if you had it in front of you like I do. Yeah. And uh, obviously, they translated this over to English, which was like, took a lot of time because... Animal Crossing is mostly, like, conversations that animals have with you. Yeah. And it, it took a long time for the Nintendo Treehouse to get it done. But they did it so well that the Japanese branch of Nintendo was like, oh my gosh, like, this dialogue is so good and so much better than what we had. We're going to retranslate it back into Japanese, which, uh, as someone who translates things, I'm sure you know, is a, is a process.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when they translated the U.S. version, they did not only translate it, but they also added different events.
0: Oh, right, right.
1: They got rid of some of the Japanese events, and then they added like the ones that would be relevant to America.
0: Yeah, because they wanted to make sure that it was something that would make sense to those players. Yep. So they brought some of the American events back to Japan?
1: I'm not sure about that, because I've only played the, um, in, in Japan, I've only played the DS and the the 3DS version.
0: Oh, okay. But basically, the takeaway is that the American version was so good that they wanted to take a good chunk of it yeah, and put it back in their own. Yeah. And they came out with another GameCube version in Japan, which was Animal Forest E+. And do you know what the E was referring to, Bush?
1: Yes, I do. The E-card reader.
0: Yes. So the E-reader was a bit of a flop outside of Japan. It's basically like this big, chunky black...
1: Like, like a credit card reader.
0: Yeah, like a credit card reader that goes on top of your Game Boy Advance, and you would slide cards through it, which could unlock data. It never really caught on here. But in Japan, it did okay. It actually continued to be sold all the way until 2008, and uh, I think it came out like in 2001 or so.
1: Pikmin had uh, e-card reader support. Like everywhere? Pikmin 2, I think.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't remember it for the first game, and it might have been a Japan-only thing, but yeah. The the e-card reader probably deserves either its own blip Or maybe uh, its own entire episode. We could probably do an entire episode of just like weird Game Boy Mm add-ons. But yeah, so that was so popular in Japan that it became part of the next Animal Crossing version for them that we would also never see. So I mentioned before that there were the Famicom, the NES games you could play, which also showed up in the American version of Animal Crossing. But obviously there's some different games. But there are four NES titles that are known as the Forbidden Four Mm. buried in the data of Animal Forest Plus and the original North American Animal Crossing. Do you want to guess what they are?
1: Um I used to know this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're not like crazy obscure games, I will say that. They're pretty popular.
1: Isn't like one of them Zelda?
0: Yes, one is The Legend of Zelda.
1: Super Mario Land or Super Mar- Super Mario uh, Super Mario Brothers.
0: Yeah, Super Mario Brothers.
1: Um it's basically games that like Nintendo thought that they could probably sell again, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not. Sh-
0: I'm not. I'm not. Two more. Come on, come on. <laughs> One more guess.
1: I, n- I remember that Balloon Fight was on there, so I don't. I don't think it was Balloon Fight. No. Um, Kid Icarus.
0: No. Good guess though. No. Ice Climbers and the original Mario Bros. Like the arcade version. Ah, okay. So Ice Climbers, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, and The Legend of Zelda were all kind of hidden on there, and even though they were forbidden, there were some legal ways that you could get them. Mario Brothers and Ice Climbers could be unlocked using the e-cards on the e-reader yep. um, in North America. And Super Mario Brothers was exclusive to Animal Forest Plus, which was kind of like a special magazine giveaway. I'm not sure how exactly you got it, but that's how it was. And Zelda is the only one that was on there, but that you could not like access in any way. Like They were like, no way, we're giving you this one. Mm. It's too good.
1: They also released the Zelda collection like on the GameCube.
0: Oh, yeah, right. So they probably didn't want people to be like, oh, well, I guess I won't buy that because I already have it in Animal Crossing. Yeah. Yeah, Nintendo's kind of weird about that. So after these original GameCube and 64 versions, uh, Nintendo decided to release their next Animal Crossing for the Nintendo DS, which came out in 2004. The DS was kind of a big deal, not because it had two screens, although I guess that was kind of a big deal, but it was the first Nintendo console that kind of had like that built-in Wi-Fi. Yeah. That was a big deal. I bought that weird little Nintendo Wi-Fi connector thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? The little white thing you plug into your USB port and it'd be like, ha, you have Wi-Fi now, even if you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Animal Crossing Wild World came out. Um, it was known in Japan as Come On Over. And, uh, I mean, basically it was just the same game. Mm. But now you had this double-decker system, which was good because the items on the bottom, you know, you could just manipulate them with the touchscreen. Is that the one that you said that you've played? In Japanese, it was the DS version, not the 3DS version.
1: I played both in Japanese. Whoa.
0: Now, did you play them in Japanese before you lived in Japan or after?
1: Um, So I got the DS version when I was leaving Japan in high school because I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take it back with me and it will be good Japanese practice. The 3DS version I just got on release date because I, I lived in Japan at that point. <laughs>
0: nice. Very cool. So, I mean, they did add quite a few things. You could customize, like, more of your clothing and hairstyles, and there's there was two new tools, the slingshot and the watering can. Yeah. But besides that, I mean, it was kind of very similar, but, you know, it was Animal Crossing on the go.
1: That's exactly why I, I picked it up, is, is because I was like, Animal Crossing is kind of the game that, like, you you can play a little bit, like, here and there. Mm-hmm. And having it on a portable system is just so useful.
0: That's That's why I loved it. Hey folks, we're putting this episode on pause for a moment to reveal how you can help Memory Card. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to support our gaming history endeavors, you should consider pledging a dollar or two to our Patreon.
1: For a single dollar a month, you'll receive special updates and be given the option of ad-free episodes. You won't have to hear this ad, the one that you're currently listening to, ever again. For two dollars a month, you'll become an official member of Club 251, which gives listeners access to exclusive bonus content and detailed transcripts via our Memory Card website.
0: Every little bit pledged helps us improve the show and grow Memory Card into something even more wonderful. Find out more on the support section of our website or at patreon.com backslash memcard. That's patreon.com backslash m-e-m-c-a-r-d. And now, back to the show. Following the success of Wild World, Nintendo said, Hey, I bet we can make a movie out of this awesome series and if you're like, what, there was an Animal Crossing movie? Mm -hmm. Well, it's probably because it obviously never came to America. Uh not American theaters, not American, like straight to D (laughs) V D or anything. Debutsu no Mori, the movie premiered in Japan almost exactly a year after the release of Wild World. And it focused on this eleven year old girl whose name was I AI, how yep. do you pronounce that? I I yeah. It's like love. Oh well, there you go. But she were she moved to a village of animals and was sad because she missed her friends and you know everybody. Tom Nook shows <laughs> up and KK
1: Slider shows up. She's and, like, I I wish I had some human friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm so sick of all these
1: animals. <laughs> they poop everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how indoor plumbing works. <laughs>
0: But it did okay. It actually grossed uh, over $16 million and uh, never was released outside of Japan. And then, do you know what the IQ player is?
1: Yeah. IQ was a uh, Chinese version
0: of the N64. Exactly. Animal Crossing or Animal Forest actually came out for the IQ. The original Animal Crossing came out in 2006 for the IQ. Oh. Chinese players were like, oh boy, can't wait to play this game that's five or six years old. The IQ is another console that could probably get its own episode because it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then we get to the worst Animal Crossing of all time. Not counting the spinoffs, of course. We're not going to talk about Miwo Festival because that garbage fire was just terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so City Folk was the Wii version and yeah. it was kind of like even less of a step up from Wild World. Did you play
1: that one too? City Folk? No, I have not. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't miss out on much. It had the we speak features mm-hmm. but then i was like eh. <laughs> like i had the i had the ds version and it didn't look too different from that
0: like i can imagine if they had made an entire like awesome city full of new shops and animals to talk to but when you went to the city in city folk it was kind of just like a couple of shops and like half of them were closed and there was like two people walking around i don't know it's like they kind of dropped the ball mm. As far as content, it was really not that big of a step up, and it wasn't mobile. City Folk was not the the best version of Animal Crossing. It sold about 4 million copies, whereas Wild World sold 12 million. Even though the Wii was kind of like kicking butt in terms of sales, this was the worst Animal Mm. Crossing. But then we get to the best Animal Crossing, at least so far, at least in my opinion. New Horizons could be better than, than this one. We'll find out animal crossing new leaf comes out in 2012 in japan and 2013 everywhere else and uh what is new leaf called in japan
1: um
0: isn't it jump jump out Tobidase. yeah what you said
1: (laughs) yeah because it's like 3d toby Uh,
0: oh okay oh that's that makes total sense i even read it i was like yeah jump out because i don't know yeah but that makes sense yeah because it's a, a 3d Hopping out at you. Obviously, uh, in America, called New Leaf, which, you know, like turn over a new leaf.
1: Yeah, it's a great title.
0: Yeah, it really is. It was just like way better than City Folk or any of the ones before it. You become the mayor of the city.
1: You have the power.
0: That's right. You can put in these city ordinances and you can like make your town more beautiful. Mm. Like you can put bridges where you want them and uh, you can construct these public works projects. And they even let you at the beginning kind of, like, say, oh, this is what my town is going to look like, which is nice because before they just kind of be like, here's your crappy town.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're stuck with it.
0: they hope you like cliffs and a river that, like, runs in places that are annoying. Yeah, they uh, added quite a few things. There was, like, a whole new shopping district that was kind of what the city should have been in the other game, in City Folk. And there was some new llamas, I think, or alpacas. Oh, yeah. that That could, like help you build things, and they would also sell you things at a discount.
1: Yeah, they sell the used store.
0: Right. Reese and Cyrus, I believe, were their names. They're they're very pretty. Mm. Pretty llamas. I think I have the amiibo of them somewhere. Somewhere here in my office. So the island from the Nintendo GameCube games actually made a reappearance in New Leaf, and that like, Cap'n would take you out on the boat, and he'd sing you a lovely uh, sea shanty, and mm. that's where Tortimer was, because Tortimer was the mayor in all the past games but since you kicked him out of town
1: he he had no choice but to retire exactly and now he's dead
0: (laughs) well we don't we don't know that i mean have they shown him in
1: new horizons yet they showed a grave
0: oh (laughs) they did (laughs) yeah in the most recent nintendo direct for new horizons there was a grave and we can only assume that tortimer is dead yeah, the game also had the Happy Home Showcase, which was kind of interesting, where you could go and check out other people's houses. Oh yeah, that was that was really cool. Could not steal any of their stuff, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> but you could order it through the catalog.
0: Right, that was really cool. We didn't bring it up yet, but Isabel, who is one of the most popular Animal Crossing characters of all time now, yeah, she showed up in New Leaf as like your plucky assistant, and her brother Digby. Digby. Yeah is the one who ran the Happy Home Showcase. Mm. And there was some kind of update for the game uh, in 2016 that made it work with Amiibos and also...
1: The Hello Kitty crossover.
0: Right, yeah. It kind of just added some new content to a game that was already three years old.
1: But it sold like buckets in the 3DS. Yeah,
0: I think it sold something like 12 million copies.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. I think it... Be- I think, it's, I think it's the number one selling Animal Crossing game.
0: I, I think it was up there with Wild World, but I think it did sell more. So, yes, you are correct. It is the number one selling Animal Crossing game of all time. So far, I feel like New Horizons might give it a run for its money.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hype around it right now.
0: Absolutely. But like I said, there were some spinoffs. There's Amiibo Festival, which came out for the Wii U, which was kind of like a board game that everyone hated.
1: Everyone was bored of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Got him. <them. laughs> There was Happy Home Designer for the 3DS, which did okay, and that was more just about the interior decorating aspect of Animal Crossing. It was yep. it was pretty good. And then there's Pocket Camp, which was the you know iOS and Android mobile game that was kind of had those gotcha mechanics, mm-hmm. It's like Animal Crossing Light, where like you could only fish so many times a day or whatever unless you spent you know tokens or tickets or something. I kind of fell off of that one pretty quick.
1: I, I've never actually tried it.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it's okay and it's cute in its own way, but. Definitely not for me. Then I have some fun facts about Animal Crossing at the end here. So I guess people have hacked the game to look at it from like, you know, I mean, people just hack things to get it in different angles. Who's that YouTuber that does all those cool hacking things?
1: Boundary Break.
0: Yeah. So go check out Boundary Break. I don't know if he's done one on Animal Crossing, but someone hacked the newer games, which kind of have that rolling uh, scenery in the background as you walk. And it actually is rendered on this large tube shape. Mm. Like the world is a large tube that keeps regenerating, you know, depending on where you're walking. Which is interesting because, you know, it's. I, want, I always wondered how they got that effect in the game. And then, uh, do you know about Totaka's song?
1: The The sound designer, right?
0: Yeah, so he's like Nintendo composer and sound designer, sound director. Kazumi Totaka and... Basically, he has this special melody that he puts into all these games that he works on. It's like 19 notes. Yeah. I'll try and put it in the podcast right here. He did the music for Animal Crossing. And so that song shows up in quite a few different places. If you want to hear it, you can just asked to hear kk's song if you go talk to kk slider the guitar dog Mm. and actually kk slider's name in japan is totaka yeah and that's it the shorthand history of animal crossing i guess maybe a little longer than shorthand
1: i think it actually started out as a dungeon crawler Uh, animal crossing did yeah oh cool i don't think i knew that yeah um there's uh iwata asks about the animal crossing series. Hmm and um i think it started out as a dungeon crawler and then like the village was like a side thing that you would do but then they thought that the si- the village was like really fun so they just expanded upon that
0: yeah it's interesting that it started out as such like a hardcore type of game and it, and it had to compete with all the other you know hardcore adventure and sports and rpg titles out there but yeah i guess the people just loved it so much that it became this unlikely success
1: i think it really feels like a a niche that hasn't really been filled in the gaming industry
0: yeah it's true because there's other life sims out there but they seem i guess a little more complicated like there's there's so much stuff that you have to remember to take care of and animal crossing is just very super accessible to everybody
1: it has a good balance
0: it does here's hoping that the fun the animal crossing fun never ends
1: That's all for now. Thanks for listening.
0: We'd like to give a special shout-out to talented chiptune composer Jamitar, who has once again allowed us to use his track Midori as opening and closing music. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamitar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting jamitar.com.
1: If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at MemCardShow or on our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBenTendo and PushDustin, respectively.
0: Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, including Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Tyler Davis, Courtney Cotton, Stuart Radley, and Harrison. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website, or on patreon.com backslash memcard.
1: We'll be back soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe. We'll see you soon.